if you focus on the people, the money will come. At the very early stages of any nonprofit, any business in general, it's a cash grab uh, because you're, you're fighting for survival. Like Rock Solid Foundation, every day I wake up unemployed. That's how I look at life as an entrepreneur. Um, but I think if you, if you focus on the people, the money will always come. But if you focus on the money and people second, that's when people start to leave. Um, and that's what I think I did wrong at the very beginning. And now it's a people business for us. We're in a people business creating life-changing experiences so that they stay engaged to help us love and serve kids fighting cancer. And if you give us your money, that's great. If not, you're still going to walk away with your life changed. Hey friends, welcome back. Great to have you today. If you have not caught my TEDx talk yet, go listen to that because that will give you context for a lot of the things we talk about here on the podcast. Go listen to the ROI framework, build your relevance, your optimization, and your interactions in your nonprofit so you can truly have a return on impact. You can check that out on YouTube or TeresaHuff.com slash TEDx22. Share that with a friend so that we can spread the word and help nonprofits have a bigger impact on their mission. Speaking of big impact, today's nonprofit is incredible and heart-wrenching, but it's amazing. I have been following today's guest for quite some time on LinkedIn, watching his story, seeing the work they're doing, and it's amazing, and I knew I had to share it with you all as well. So I am excited to welcome Eric Newman to the show. Eric is a passionate entrepreneur. He is also a speaker and a visionary leader. You'll see that he weaves a lot of leadership lessons and just some incredible nuggets of wisdom throughout the interview. Eric is a childhood cancer survivor, and because of that, and because of his story and some other things growing up that he'll share with us, he founded the Rock Solid Foundation in 2009. This is a nonprofit that builds hope for kids who are fighting the same battle of cancer throughout the U.S. Rock Solid partners with over 100 children's hospitals to gift ready bags to families just after their diagnosis, and they've provided thousands of playsets for children throughout the country who need a safe place to play and a reason to smile. What an amazing mission. Eric is a best-selling author, a guest on The Kelly Clarkson Show, and his story continues to inspire people who are looking for ways to turn their pain from past experiences into their life's passion. I think you will love his story and find it incredibly encouraging and inspiring. Here we go. Welcome to Eric Newman. Eric, welcome. I have followed you for a long time on LinkedIn, and I'm excited to finally connect. Tell us a random fact about yourself. A random fact about myself. It's a funny, I don't like sideways cake. Um, so meaning if the cake falls on its side, I have the tendency not to eat it. So I don't know if that says a lot about my character or that I like things a certain way, um, but sideways cake uh, freaks me out. I don't know why. So it's a random fact, but now you're completely educated uh, watching this podcast. So that is random. I love this question because I get so many answers and that is a really cool one. And I kind of understand super weird. It cannot, it's sheet cake most of the time, right? So if you serve sheet cake, serve it flat, 
Fine. Don't put it on its side. Got the it. icing should never touch with the sheet cake. Got so, it. If I am so. ever serving you a cake, I will be diligent. Well, people do it on purpose. Like I was at a little birthday party, a little kid's birthday party, and the mom, everyone, she flipped on its side. And then finally there was this one piece, and I snag it. And one of my uh, wife's friends knows my phobia of it. And she came over to me. She's like, ha-ha, and just pushed it on its side. So oh, no, no flat cake. So now you wow. know. So. Wow. Now we know. That's awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about your journey because you have quite the story and I know it's been <laughs> a long road and a long process getting to the point where you are now. So fill us in a little bit. Yeah. So my journey started, um, I mean, probably 32 years ago, 33 years ago, I was diagnosed with pediatric cancer, um, hepatoblastoma, which is a form of liver cancer. And then I fought it, received chemotherapy, and also my two cousins, um, same side of the family, were diagnosed with cancer, and they ended up losing their battle. Um, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life since fourth grade. I've been trying to sell candy in a backpack, uh, just trying to figure everything out. So with the passing of my last cousin, um, she was about 17, and this was probably about 14 years ago, that um, I, d I thought the cancer was going to come back and take me out. So I decided to work hard, party hard, play hard, started construction companies, uh, did pretty well in business, but I lost everything in 2008. Ended up going to Costa Rica for some time. And while I was there, I just, I wrote down a word hope on a piece of paper and decided that that day, like I wasn't going to waste my cancer um, and I wasn't going to waste the knowledge that I'd been given. So I combined in my cancer knowledge and my construction knowledge Came home, Googled how to start a nonprofit organization, sold Krispy Kreme donuts uh, for the first project that we ever did. And I threw a beer pong tournament for my 501c3 filing to pay for that. And then I threw a cornhole tournament to pay for my incorporation fee. And we haven't ever looked back since then. So, and what Rock Solid Foundation does is we love and serve kids fighting cancer. Uh, it's personal. And I truly believe as a leader, and I believe everyone has a purpose in life. And most of the time, unfortunately, your pain points to your purpose in life. And that is mine, uh, the pediatric cancer community. That's why I'm sitting here talking to you. And that's why for the last 13 years, I've uh, been leading, helping lead the charge for Rock Solid Foundation, loving and serving as many kids as we can. I love that. And I love that you are serving them in such a unique way that addresses things that probably are often overlooked that, you know, we take care of their medical needs, we take care of their medicine and this and that, but to just recognize that these kids are going <clears throat> through a lot and they still need to be kids and let's help them play and be a kid in right. a safe environment where they can do that. I love that. And I, I think for leaders too, depending on like who's listening, like if you're just starting out or if you're um, been successfully running your organization, I think it's super important as like, so for dealing with homelessness or like fighting homelessness, that's a broad spectrum, right? So for me, what we did is we honed in on a moment, like what moment could we help eradicate from the pediatric cancer world? And then from the moment, it doesn't have to be folk or it doesn't have to be fancy, right? A lot of people are like, oh, I got to come up with this next groundbreaking idea. I don't think it has to be fancy. It's just got to be focused. And so focus on the moment and then the moment, if you can nail that moment, then the moment creates all the movements that we dream about, right? So getting people inspired, but focusing on that moment, what can you do to help love and serve that specific community in a moment, I think helps you at least stay focused, right? Mm -hmm. It's such a simple but overlooked 
concept. Sometimes we try Correct. to make it too complicated and we just need to focus in. And that simplicity and that focus is what I think has probably helped you grow and expand your reach so much because you are so focused in. Yep. Be brilliant at the basics. I don't mm -hmm. think you can go wrong. Yeah. So how, walk us through what this looks like, a process, like say an initial family, you either find out or they come to you. What next? So when a family, when you meet me, it's like, you don't, you don't ever want to meet me or this organization. That means that your child does have cancer. Um, but the way it works is a child's diagnosed. One of our programs is what we call the rock solid ready bag. And what that does is we deploy these bags all over the country. Uh, we're partnered with about 107 children's hospitals right now. And these bags are designed to, this is what hope looks like when it's not for what you'd hope for at all. And this bag, it has his and her toiletries. It has a tablet in there for the kid. Uh, we also believe at Rock Solid, play defeats cancer. Um, so where a child should be out playing on a play set, and now they're confined to a hospital bed, that tablet becomes their playground. Um, and then for that, it has blankets in there, journals, because now the parents have to write everything down. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a reality of like your life is, you're going, you're moving along, your life comes to a screeching halt. Those bags represent someone thought about your journey. And where that bag came from, we were in our world headquarters with my mom at their garage. A lot of good things were started in garages. And I asked her, what did she remember on the day I was diagnosed? And she proceeded to tell me that my dad had to leave her to go pack an overnight bag. And I, I believe like, and I was like, well, why don't we just eradicate that moment from the face of this earth? Um, how can we love and serve that family in that moment? And that's why the ready bags exist is because my mom experienced pain and then if I can be cancer, there's nothing in this world that I can't do. That's the mentality that I charge with every day. And so we've been trying to eradicate that moment that no family ever has to be split up to go pack an overnight bag. And that's the rock solid ready bag. Uh, it's usually deployed within the first 72 hours of a diagnosis. And then further along um, is our playset program. And I said a little bit earlier, we believe play defeats cancer. And every time we can allow a family to play or a child to play, guess what they're not thinking about? cancer so we win every single time we deploy play and that the way that we've been doing that we do those all over the country the way that we're able to do that is we sell team building sponsorship opportunities um i've built with microsoft i've built with all types of organizations they come in and pay us um to deploy or to do team building exercises which our play sets are then broken into stages for team building exercises and so we give the, the sponsor, the donor, what they want. And then in return, we get what we want by providing play to a child fighting cancer and where rock solid is just the power source. Again, I think I lead by, or I don't think I lead by, we become less, they become more. Well, in this situation, who's more? Well, we're going to show the world that this community partner is loving and serving their community. And in return, it's going to love and serve a child fighting cancer. And that's how we've been able to grow that program. Uh, we've built this year alone, we'll be able to deploy close to 800 of those playset pro programs throughout the country. And then the ready bags this year, um, we'll do about 3,500 with our goal is 16,000 ready bags a year because that's how many kids are diagnosed a year. Wow, that's amazing. Depending on what statistic that you're so, right? right. So statistics are all over the place. Yeah. Which one do you want to look at? But that's incredible. And what a beautiful way to bring together communities and both sides of the business world, the nonprofit and everyday families, just a single right. family, but the impact that can make. And that's such a cool way to have a team building effort 
but knowing it's for a good cause. You're not just right. going through the motions of here's this team building thing, the end. It's actually for right. a united purpose, which serves <coughs> to solidify the team even more because they are working for such a good cause. And I assume would get to know the family somewhat while they're working on the project. So it becomes yeah, they, up they close present and the place that we don't. So like let's say XYZ company presents the place that like we just show them how to present the place set. And then what it's doing, we're giving the company what they want, being seen in the community as doing what they do, like giving back. Also employee retention. The next generation is not going to stand just for money. They're going to want to be a part of a company that's bigger than just the money. So we're giving them the employee retention. We're giving them ammo to bring com- people in to work for the company. And it's providing a a place, I believe another philosophy that we have is a see it, touch it, feel it. Um, they got to be able to see what hope looks like, feel what hope looks like, and then touch it as well. And if we can do that, then we're doing our job for our, our community sponsors, donors. And they're one of our clients too. Our donors is a client. Kids Fighting Cancer are clients. Our volunteers are a client. And my staff is a client for me, our team. Um, the better I can love and serve the staff, the better they love and serve Kids Fighting Cancer, our volunteers, and our donors. So um, we do. We run Rock Solid like a Fortune 500 company. Uh, the difference is um, my shareholders are kids fighting cancer. So Rock Solid Foundation wants to make as much money for them to pay dividends to our shareholders, which are kids fighting cancer that need it the most. Right. That's amazing. And I love that approach of taking care of your inside out, take care of your core team, especially in nonprofit work where a lot of teams are overloaded and spread thin and wearing so many hats. Sometimes we need to step back and step in and serve them first. And remember that, that it is a 100%. That's incredible. What an amazing impact and a way to expand the reach to other people. You're essentially providing a vehicle for corporations, businesses who normally would not be on the front lines of a nonprofit work, but they can do something so meaningful in the community. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, um, it's the experience. Like we have a proven process in rock solid. It's experience engage become. Uh, so we got to give them a life changing experience. Then we need to do better at cultivating, like building relationships with their donors, our volunteers, um, our staff, right? So engage, and then they become, well, in my opinion, how do people become a part of an organization? They give their time or they give their money, right? And if you do those two, if they already give their time and money, most of the time, they're already becoming a mouthpiece for you to grow your organization or to grow your community. But I I believe simplicity breeds success, right? So like, how do people become a part of your organization? One or two ways, they're either going to give you their time, or they're going to give you their money, or they're going to give you both. How do you best love and serve those moments? Mm-hmm. Right. And you saying that you run it like a Fortune 500 company, part of growing is being the person or being the company before we get there. And so you're already right. operating that way before you've grown, before you've done these other pieces and becoming that first. Yep. Yeah, I, I think that helped me too. And I compare it to this is like if you're born into captivity, right? So like meaning a shark, if he's born into captivity and I'm not a shark, that's not, but again, a fish in aquarium. like I don't want people to think I'm a shark, but like <laughs> if you're born into captivity, you don't know what's out there. But for me, I was in the business world, then got put into this tank of nonprofit. And I'm like, Hey guys, I'm swimming around. I'm like, guys, 
you know there's a whole nother world out there to to that you don't have to do it this way because it's always been done here like there's a whole world that you're missing out on because you're just you're in this box of captivity like what if we could break down the barriers of all nonprofit and i get it like there's there's some bad eggs and everything right but i'm talking about the wholehearted the mission focused organizations like if you've been born into captivity like how, like I'm, I'm here to tell you, like there's a whole nother world on how you can still love and serve your, your people, your mission, your calling, your clients. Like look outside just for a second, and I promise you, like that's that's the beginning of greatness. Mm-hmm. So true. I love that, and I love bringing in the other perspectives too. Because I was just talking recently with someone about how the business world needs to apply a lot of nonprofit principles, and the nonprofit world needs to bring in a lot of business principles, and really essentially learn and grow from each other and plugging in some of those missing pieces. Yep. It's a yes and model. It's not either or. Yes, I agree. yes and. Agree. What is something that you wish you had known early on? Because you said you came into nonprofit world knowing nothing. You were brand new. Is there something you've learned that you wish you had known? Oh, man. Um, I think... For me, I think there's a lot there and I'm trying to make sure that I mm-hmm. unpack it. So I had someone once called me a philanthropist and I'm like, I kind of jumped at him. I'm like, what'd you call me? Like, right. Anything with the ist on the end of it. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> um, I think if I could, if, if I could back up, I think that um, understanding marry your mission, not your model sooner than what I had to learn. I learned it um, the hard way, like, um, like people left. Right. But I was so focused on this model working model working that I think mar- learning to marry your mission. So for us is every child fighting pediatric cancer, we will provide hope for that's the, that's the DNA of this organization. Your mission for me, my, I can't speak for you or anybody listening, but my mission, I'm deeply rooted into it. And then by me being married to that, it allows me to pivot every ounce of the way um, because the model is going to constantly change. Like even in the car world, right? It's not a product anymore. It's an experience. You buy a Tesla. Yeah, you buy the car, but you're buying the experience to come along with it. And I think the experience is the model, but the car is the mission, right? Like that's what's driving. But then what other what other experiences can you give? But I know it's a very roundabout way. Um, the other thing is, I think I said it earlier, um, you don't have to be fancy at all. You just got to be focused on what you're called to do. And I think the other one, so I told you this is a loaded question for me. The other thing is if you focus on the people, the money will come at the very early stages of any nonprofit, any business in general, it's a cash grab uh, because you're, you're fighting for survival. Like rock solid foundation. Every day I wake up unemployed. That's how I look at life as an entrepreneur. Um, But I think if you, if you focus on the people, the money will always come. But if you focus on the money, and people second, that's when people start to leave. Um, and that's what I think I did wrong at the very beginning. And now it's a people business for us. We're in a people business creating life-changing experiences so that they stay engaged to help us love and serve kids fighting cancer. And if you give us your money, that's great. If not, you're still going to walk away with your life changed. Mm-hmm. Love that. That's and the trans- I love the transformation of that for both, because really it's a blessing for your donors too. And the people involved in building or whatever aspect they know 
and you're giving them a way to serve. I say that same thing a lot in the context of grant writing. There's a person on the other side of every grant application, of every email, and we're writing for the person, not an ATM machine. And I fully agree with that, of building those relationships and getting to know the people, because what drives one may be very different from the next one. And being able to understand that concept and sympathize and come alongside that can make all the difference. Yeah, I made a lot of mistakes. I still make mistakes, but that's Don't the part of all. I take the Ama- I take the Amazon philosophy day one mentality, um, because cancer is evolving. My my only competition is cancer, right? So, <clears throat> cancer is evolving. Rock Solid Foundation has to evolve. Mm-hmm. I love the be clear on your mission and then pivot your model because sometimes we get so entrenched in the model that we can't step back and realize that's not serving us anymore or that's not what our clients our partners whoever that's not what our people need they need us to shift but if we're hanging on so tight to the model things seem to go downhill with it sometimes for for us example like the pandemic right everybody remembers the pandemic um we do corporate team building. Well, that went away. Mm-hmm. So like I called in our team. I said, listen, cancer does not care about this pandemic. Now it's a real thing. I know that people like it's the pandemic was real. That's not what I'm talking about. Rock Holly sure. cares about the pandemic. I got to be careful when I say that. Right. Um, but like cancer doesn't care and cancer is not stopping during this pandemic and neither are we. And so one of our values is to marry the mission, not the model. So I said, how do we stay true to your va- our values? Because your values are almost unnecessary when things are good, right? But when things are bad, when you have to make decisions, yeah. that's when values come in. And so I had been dreaming of this thing by a push of a button, how do you deploy hope? By a push button, how do you deploy hope? And then so we were like, all right, we're, we're experts at building play sets. What if we became experts at teaching people to build the play sets? then they can build it for us, even if we don't have to be there. And so we called that their quarantine 10. Um, and so we w- it's called rock solid on demand. By a push a button, how do you deploy play? And in the pandemic, what we did is we created this coaching series to teach the community how to build the play sets for us. Our max capacity of what we did prior to the pandemic of the playset projects was about 115 a year. This year alone, we'll do 800 play sets because that's the scalability behind it too. And like through the chaos, we found opportunity and now we're teaching people how to build community all across the country that is then building the play set for us. And we don't have to be there, but play is still defeating cancer. And that's married to the mission, not the model. The model was flipped upside down. That's incredible. And what a perfect example of that, because sometimes I did an episode on this of constraints and sometimes constraints are so frustrating or we hit a wall and we just don't know how to move forward. But sometimes if we let it, that can be a catalyst for creativity and new solutions and groundbreaking ideas. And that's exactly what you've done with this. And your impact has magnified times, however many, it's a huge exponential effect. Yep. And we, we didn't sacrifice our values. We stayed true to our mission and it created more opportunity for us to love and serve kids fighting cancer with the time that was created because the travel, flying my team there back and forth all over the country, they're away from their families. Part of our values or one of our top values is families first, theirs and ours. So the families we love and serve and then also your personal family. Like if you're not good with your family at home, 
you're of no good to the families at their home. And so how do we, how do we make sure that you and your family are on track? Like that's the part for me is like, well, this makes our values stand tall and it allows us to marry the mission, test hard, pivot often, right? Focus on the people, the money will come. Those, we have five values in the organization and that's what we pegged everything up against. That's how you marry the mission, not the model. The model, a lot of nonprofits, um, have the tendency to just stick with the model and that's, that's fine. But over time it just starts to decline because evolution is constantly happening. I'm not talking about the world evolution, business evolution is what I'm talking about. Right. And then you get maybe a board member or a staff or volunteer that's entrenched in, but we've always done it this way. Oh yeah. Especially organizations that have been around quite a while and maybe have had very specific ongoing services and they struggle to adapt or to understand, no, we have to let go of some of these things because it's no longer serving well. Yeah. I would, I would also say starting out, um, I Googled everything and I just, I, I mean, I wrote everything down. I took what I liked. I made columns of what I liked about nonprofit, what I liked about entrepreneurship and what I liked about fortune 500 companies. And I made a list and I was like, which one makes sense? And the one thing that I did in my research of nonprofit is that I found out that, that boards didn't have term limits. And I think like, so I get it. If you're, if you're an incoming CEO, executive director, whatever the title is that you have in your organization, um, as you're looking for a job, I would just encourage you to just ask the question if the board has term limits, because that is a clear inclin that is a clear signal if an organization is married to the mission or to the model. Now, evolution can happen in that too, but that is a slow grind. And I'm not saying if you're in that position, I know that's not encouraging, but there are ways around that. I don't have enough time to talk about that. Um, But if you're looking for a job in the nonprofit world and you're a CEO executive, I would just ask if they have term limits. That is one of the things that we've done since day one. It's uncomfortable for me. I'm the founder, right? I can be fired from something I created, which has helped create Um, but, and then every so often my chair rotates and I have a new boss every like two to three years. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable, but man, the being uncomfortable creates the unforgettable. And that's where I'm, that's that rub of like, you can't change the world and be comfortable at the same time. You got to be uncomfortable to create the unforgettable. And that's, that's, that's the, that's the DNA of what I live in. I don't like it, um, but I can't have it any other way. Right. (laughs) I think we could drop the mic right there. <laughs> That's so, so true. It's a soapbox for me about the term limits and all of that stuff. So yeah. Like- I mean, and that's so true. And I see that. And I see the benefits of having those bylaws, having those core vision, mission. I work with nonprofits to develop and make sure that they have their core values and all of that identified <laughs> because it serves as a filter for their decisions. It serves as Correct. that good foundation that everything else has to pass through and see, does this align or not? Rather than twisting to try and match any opportunity that comes along, any grant that's maybe not a good fit and twisting around, but that core is so important. Yep. It's the heartbeat. It's the core. You can't always, you can't see it, but the heart has to be healthy. Yeah. And the values are the heart. You have grown this pretty quickly, relatively speaking. A pretty large, pretty fast. What would you say has been a big driver or reason for that? Um, I think that um, 
the reason Rock Solid Foundation has been able to grow as fast is that it's our relentless, not recklessness on married to the mission. Um, and that and being authentic too, right? I'm I'm not your traditional CEO. Like I'm just not. Um, and I'm okay with that. I don't do it. But I'm I I am who I am, right? I just told you I don't like sideways cake, right? I'm not I'm not pretending to be anybody else. And I'm not talking about me, but I'm talking about like the way that we've been able to do it is I had a phenomenal board of directors. I still do. My board of directors, that's my strategic consultants. They're some of the most brilliant minds in the country that I have access to because guess what? I don't have 90% of the answers, but I know where to go find them. I know how to ask for wisdom. And I think how another way that it's grown is like seek wisdom above all else. Um, seek wisdom above money. And then... We treat the volunteers and we're ready for volunteers when they show up. We're ready. If you ever come to a rock solid event, you feel like we have been expecting you for years. Um, and I think that a lot of the times, and I know in the early stages too of rock solid, like it's, you got to focus in on that experience and the, the paycheck for a volunteer is thank you. It's the paycheck. Like you can add a zero or take a zero from a volunteer right? And their paycheck. Their paycheck is simply thank you. And I believe that beer, pizza, and t-shirts can change the world. Feed them, give them a t-shirt, right? And a beer. Like, or if you don't drink, don't drink, give them a Sprite. But get beer, pizza, t-shirt. That's the regimen for success. And I, I have that on my wall. That's, we have it on a t-shirt, right? That's like, I wrote a book. Like, that's my volunteer philosophy is like, focus on the, uh, sorry, pizza, beer, t-shirts can change the world and say thank you. That's an important reminder. And it's so simple. Like most volunteers could maybe even bought their own pizza last weekend, but coming from the organization, they have just helped in this way, getting that kind of result or thank you is going to have so much more significance and so much more meaning. Well, you, when you sit down and eat a piece of pizza, with someone you hear you meet them it's like for me when I go on build sites like we're doing all types of stuff but like when you sit down and you've just built a place that with someone that has maybe never touched a drill before never done community service anything like that and I go and I I sit down and I have a piece of pizza with them all I do is like hey what was your favorite part and why blah 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 and then guess what I'm doing I'm hearing information I'm like, oh, that's exactly what we're trying to do. Or you know what? Maybe we missed the mark because you're, you're, it creates the food, creates the fellowship. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, it doesn't have to be, again, give them, give them a pretzel, give something, sit down and be like, Hey, what was your favorite part and why? Because you're valuable to me. You matter. So, and you're listening. That's such a gift in itself. Right. Oh. I think people want to also, they I think I a lot of the times as organizations, like we, we seek for people to like, to understand our model, right. To understand our mission. But I think in reality of like, if we can just stop and listen, don't seek to like be understood, seek to understand. And I think that like, if you can just focus on being a constant learner, understanding why that volunteer is there and understanding why that volunteer, that donor keeps coming back to you. That's the wisdom that will always produce the money. Seek wisdom above everything else 
and the money will constantly come in. Now, that doesn't mean that economies, recessions, guess what? There's going to be something else. There's always going to be something else. And I think for us, fear is always there. We just have to learn to take action through it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I say that a lot. Action brings clarity. My listeners know, especially my grant writing students, they know I say it all the time. Action brings clarity. Just yep. keep moving forward. And so true with the listening and trying to understand people because there's something to learn from everyone and so much yep. value. But so many times we just don't stop or take the time or try to uncover it. So that's a really valuable reminder and a good investment of time. People, people, people. Like if it wasn't about people for me, then I could go work somewhere else. I could go do something else, have a house right, wherever I wanted it, right? But it's it's got to be about the people because the people are what matter. Mm-hmm. Whatever your people are in your organization or every, so for us, for me, every number has a name, hands down. Every human being has a name. There's close to 16,000 families a year diagnosed with pediatric cancer. I say that number not to just, it's a BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goal. I say that because every number has a name. Focus on the one, what you hope to do for the many. And if you can get that one right, then the many will fall into place. Focus on the one, focus on the one, focus on the one, one moment, one person, one volunteer, one donor. Focus on the one, what you hope to do for the many. And by doing that, the systems, everything will be created by getting the one right. But if you get the one wrong, the other stuff does not follow in suit. Yes. Such a good reminder because sometimes we get ahead of ourselves. We want to do the 10 or the hundred or the thousands before the one. And we don't have those systems in place and we need to back up and just really get simple and clear and to be okay with the small beginnings. Right. Oh yeah, I was we are extremely creative. The less money you have for me, the less money that I have, the more creative I am. Yeah, it forces like, you it. push me you have to. You don't have any other option. And I think it's Bill Walsh that says this is if you're wise strong enough, you'll always figure out how. Yeah. My why is I've seen my I've seen what cancer did to me, my family, and I've seen it rip my family apart. That's my why. So you can tell me no. You can put, you can shoot me, you can do anything. As long as you don't kill me, I'm coming back and I'm going to figure out how. And because my why is so deeply rooted. So if you're listening and you're just starting or you're in the organization, Simon Sinek wrote a book, Start With Why. One of the best books that I've ever read. And it's like, why are you doing what you're doing? Why are we on this podcast right now? Like, again, like, why are you listening to this podcast? Like, why? And if your why is strong enough, how becomes secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't have the why, it's it's what is it? Action without aim is exhausting. Yeah. If you don't have the why, it's exhausting. My son shoots Nerf guns. He's tired, not shooting and aiming at anything. And man, like at the end of the day, he's like, I'm so tired. Like he's sweating. And I'm like, well, it's because you're not aiming at anything. Action without aim is exhausting. As long as he doesn't turn it on his sister. <laughs> he does. She's a good target. So, um, <laughs> yeah. He has done that once or twice or 12. Yeah. Little brothers have a way of doing that. Yeah. Very much so. I can remember many instances in our family of that happening. Well, so many good quotes and tips here and leadership wisdom. And I very much appreciate it. And you've kind of alluded to some, but before we wrap up, share a resource that's been meaningful to you in your journey. 
uh, resources, man, I think a um, couple things. If you don't have a mentor, I highly encourage you to get a mentor. Um, they don't have to have the whole book written. Um, they just need to be one page ahead of you. A lot of the times you look for this big wig that doesn't have time, right? Because the, the schedules are hard. Find a mentor. They don't have to have it all figured out. Just one page ahead of you. Um, second of all, there's a couple books that I highly recommend. The Carpenter by John Gordon is about loving and serving your community. It's about a carpenter. Um, Traction, which is right behind you. Um, <laughs> hands down, if you have not, it's, a, it's very overwhelming at the beginning, but just one step at a time. Uh, highly recommend Traction. Also, Rocket Fuel um, oh, is one. kind of about a visionary and integrator. And then the Simon Sinek book, Start With Why. I try to read 100 books a year. Uh, that's my BHAG. I do not arrive there. Um, but if you're listening, like be a leader and be a learner and just keep improving your community. Um, improve yourself first, right? So most people want to um, lead, lead the we, but you got to lead the me before the we. Mm. Lead yourself right, then the community, then you'll learn to lead the community you're called to love and serve. And that's a worthwhile investment, investing in yourself and your own learning. Sometimes we feel a little guilty or a little like, oh, maybe I shouldn't, or that's a waste of time, but it's not. It's so worthwhile. 100%. You got to lead the me before the we. Yeah. Well, tell us where can people connect to find more? Where can they see videos and pictures of all this amazing work? Just so you can, you can go to you can go to our website, rocksolidfoundation.org. Rock is spelled R-O-C. Um, I also wrote a book last September titled What Hope Looks Like. Uh, you can find that on Amazon. And then also my Instagram and my LinkedIn. I think my LinkedIn is Eric Newman. And I think my Instagram is the Eric Newman. So you can find me there. Stay up to date uh, with all the crazy things uh, that we're attempting to do to change the life of a child and their family fighting cancer. So much fun to see the work you're doing and so inspiring. So thank you for this. And thank you for your leadership in other spaces, because this is valuable as well for nonprofits doing their work. So I yep. appreciate thank you. Being thank you for here. having me. All right. What was your biggest takeaway here? Isn't that such an incredible story? I would love to hear from you. How are you going to take action this week on what Eric and I talked about today? What did you take away and what are you going to do about it? Don't just sit on this information. I want you to go out, make a difference in your community, even if it's just one person. Go do something and take action because one small action will have a compounding effect that you can't even imagine. Let me know, shoot me a message, connect with me on LinkedIn, and let me know what you're up to. I love hearing the work you're doing in the world and how you're going to use what we talk about here on the podcast. Remember, go check out my TEDx and share it with a friend so that we can spread the word and help nonprofits fulfill their missions. If you are interested in a grant write, in being a grant writer, but not quite sure how to go about it, go check out my free quiz, Do You Have What It Takes to Be a Grant Writer, at teresahuff.com slash quiz. All right, friends, go take some action this week and go change your world.